Hey guys, it's Ella. You're about to hear Christy Acuna, a nutritionist, a holistic nutritionist, blow the doors off of some health food trends that may surprise you. She has a very different view on superfoods that should comprise your grocery list than some other people that you'll be hearing on the interweb. So stick around for that. She talks about stabilizing your blood sugar, healthy thyroids, and a lot of other benefits that come with some surprising superfoods. But remember, Neither Christy nor I are your doctor, and we are not dispensing medical advice. So as always, listen up, tune in, ask the right questions, and do what works for you. Here we go. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everybody, you're on air with Ella, and today I am joined by Miss Christy Acuna. Hey Christy, how are you? Good morning, Ella. I'm doing great and excited to be on your show. You're telling me good morning because it is morning where you are, and I am <laughs> jelly because you are in California? Yes, Orange County, California. All right, yep. go, ahead, go ahead and make us sick. What's the temperature today? Okay, the temperature is about 86. Ugh, I'm going to try and enjoy your company for the next okay. little while, but we're, it's, it's starting off kind of rough. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It is gorgeous. Let me tell you how gorgeous it is over here. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Christy, could you introduce yourself and just tell us who you are and what you do? Absolutely. I am Christy Acuna, and I am a holistic nutritionist, and I practice here in Newport Beach, California, in Orange County. And what I do as a holistic nutritionist is, is I find the root cause to why people come in. So people will come in with all sorts of ailments. It could be, uh, it could be catastrophic. It could be cancer. It could be an autoimmune disease. It can be weight loss, it can be constipation, digestive, blood sugar challenges. I mean, whatever the problem is, they're coming in and I'm finding the root cause to what's causing the health challenge in the first place. And I do that through a technique I use, muscle testing. And in the technique I use, it's called nutrition response testing. So from there, I can really find if there's any pathogens in their body, such as viruses, parasites. Um, yeast, bacterias, uh, or common foods they're eating that may be causing a challenge. Somebody might be eating something as simple as fruit, and they're showing up sensitive for fruit sugar, causing their weight gain. So it, it, I'm looking for all sorts of things, chemicals, metals, and any scars from any surgeries that they've had. And I'm really just assessing the body as a whole and figuring it out. And then I give them uh, supplementation based on what I'm finding and how their body tests. Uh, I'm giving them good nutrients through whole food supplementation. And then I do a lot of nutritional consulting alongside of that, making sure that they are uh, overcoming their health challenge. I'm so curious. Can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about that muscle testing? Yes, definitely. So the muscle testing is a really, really great technique. My kids love it, meaning my um, client kids and also my son. 
but um, it's a great technique and I use an arm, a uh, muscle in the arm and they hold the arm out and I'm pressing on the arm and then I'm also stressing out their organs. So I'm just, I'm literally doing a body scan with my other hand, just pressing in on their thyroid, their heart, their lungs, their hmm. stomach, ovaries. Like I'm, I'm actually giving a little bit of stress and seeing where the issue is. So the best way to understand it is, is it's like hypothermia. So when you jump into a freezing cold lake, what happens is, is the blood and energy supply leaves your fingers and toes and arms and goes straight to the organs, your vital core organs that it needs to save. It's trying to survive. So it's the same idea, essentially, with nutrition response testing. If there's an organ that is stressed and I'm stressing it out just by applying, you know, the, the tiniest bit of pressure on it, then the arm will show a weakness that that organ has a challenge. And oftentimes throughout the experience, I will have, you know, wives come in and their husbands are like, well, it works for you, but I don't, I don't really believe in it. And then sooner or later, the wife is getting better and she's doing well. And then they're ending up in there going, I, I don't know if I believe it, but I just want you to do it and tell me what you find. And then I'll find it. And they're like, oh my, and they don't even tell me what's going on. And they're like, oh my God, I've been stressed, been struggling and dealing with that for years. And no one's been able to tell me how to overcome it. Oh, that's so, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great technique. It's a great tool. So I use that along with, you know, blood and saliva hormone testing, which is another great way to test to see, you know, the uh, where your uh, your hormones are. So I want to link to a video, which I will do in the, with the show on the muscle testing technique. I'm sure I can. I'm sure I can find one of those. But that's so interesting. We've not talked about that on the show before. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I've been doing it for 12 years and it's something that helps me to really put the puzzle pieces together yeah. when no one else can. So, and I do that in conjunction with another one called nutritional exam. And this is where I'm palpating on certain points of the body to find if there's blood sugar challenges. So I'm doing all these non-invasive techniques before we have to get invasive with blood. Okay, so interesting. Hormone. This is like, mm -hmm. this is another show we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to draw on your knowledge today as a holistic nutritionist, Christy, and just talk about some topics that I think are of interest to people. So we're going to cover things like the best superfoods you should be adding to your grocery list. We're going to be talking about what greens, Christy says, aren't healthy, dun, 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 <laughs> and what health trends you don't like for people to follow. So we're going to jump right into this quick and dirty today. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. You said that there are some super foods that we need to add to our grocery list. Can we go through those? Absolutely. Okay. These are super foods for superpowers. Number one superfood list is lard. Lard. Num lard. Yeah. Wait, no, we're let's wait. Stop the presses. Let's stop. Let's like uh, lard. <laughs> oh yes, girl. Lard. Okay. I want to talk about it. So you don't mean Crisco. I do not mean Crisco. So let's do a clear, distinct differentiation. I didn't even say that word right, yeah, no, that's but let's fine. talk about how they are different. So lard is uh, rendered pig fat. Crisco is hydrogenated cottonseed oil. Ugh, okay. So exactly. So this hydrogenated cottonseed oil is not even a real byproduct of food. Right. So 
the best kind of lard to have is pasture-raised pork lard, which again is rendered pig fat. Now, something very similar and practically the same is bacon fat, bacon grease. So cooking your bacon and saving that grease in a jar, like I have, I'm looking at it right now. I got a jar next to my oven, next to my stove. So I save that. And the difference is, is that the bacon grease is going to have a little sodium in it, a little smokier flavor, and the lard will not. It will just be plain. There's really no, not really much of a scent or a taste at all. I was expecting like goji berries, maybe some <laughs> apple cider vinegar, and you came out of the gate with rendered pig fat. <laughs> can, can I just say, this is why I made this list. And I made this list because in 2017, today, we are so busy. We've got iPads in our pockets. We've got iPhones in the other pocket, and we're always expected to answer immediately. We're on the go. We don't have time to eat poop, pee, do anything practically anymore and as or have any time for ourselves. So the whole point of this was to help people to eat enough good, healthy food so that they could balance their blood sugars, balance their life, their brain functionality, their cognitive function, and basically be able to have their body handle their lifestyle, which is crazy. Well, tell me how, tell me in all seriousness, where does lard play a role in this? Like, how is that helpful? Okay, lard carries an abundant amount of vitamin D. And for those out there that, that have major thyroid problems or the uh, autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, lard is a fantastic fat to cook in. I mean, not just for them, this is for everyone. That, that's all I cook in is bacon grease or lard. That's for my vegetables, that's for my meats, that's for my starches. I use it for everything. And Christy, why that over like Kerrygold butter or some other sort of pasture-raised, well-sourced butter or ghee? So actually, it's alongside, not over. So the okay. top three that I would cook in is butter, lard, or bacon grease, and coconut oil. Those are pretty much the top three. Okay. And so uh, I have spoken on the show before, and we have covered that dietary fat is not the same as fat on your body dietary fat right. in fact can help you have far less fat on your body so we have talked about that at length so i don't think that will surprise so many people but just if you don't mind give us just a brief overview as to why this fat is so essential for health Absolutely. So like I said, it carries an abundant amount of vitamin D. It also helps our body to utilize that vitamin D. Animal fats is the place that we need to start getting our vitamins A, D, E, and K from. And lard is just one place to do that. It also helps to resensitize your receptors with your blood sugars. You have receptors all over the body, but specifically your blood sugars, it will help to balance because there's so much fat. So it keeps you full and satiated longer. It really helps with just supporting cognitive function. Mm -hmm. Again, weight loss, which you've already covered, but honestly, the best way to skinny up is to fat it up. So cooking in your fats is a great way to start helping your body to break down those unhealthy, toxic stored fats. So I really highly recommend the larder bacon grease. It also has a high smoke point, so you can fry things on your pan in it. Bacon grease, you're saying, is a, you know, a secondary option here. Like it, It's an alternate. But the type of bacon you use is extremely important, right? So let's deep dive into that here for just a moment. 
Absolutely. It is 100% the first place you start before buying lard. Because in order to get the, the abundant amount and proper amount of vitamin D, you need it from an animal that has been properly raised. So you need to find lard that, that comes from pigs that were pasture raised. That means they're not stuck in pens. They're outside and they're grazing on the grass, the bugs. We're really not subsidizing their food with corn and soy and foods that these animals don't really eat and their stomachs aren't meant to digest. So it's really important to find, if you can at your store, like here in um, California, we have the best. This is where I buy my meats. It's Fermentation Farm, and that's here in Costa Mesa, California, and they have the best pasture-raised chicken, their bacon, their meats, their, their beefs. So that's where I get my bacon, but you can find like a local farmer's market. You can go online. There are so many all around the world that will ship it to you. So, you know, I'm a huge, huge proponent of if you're going to spend your money in your groceries on organic, I would not buy the organic, I would buy the organic meats over the organic vegetables. Yeah, I've heard a lot of experts make that recommendation. It's so interesting. And I believe passionately in this topic, which is ironic because I eat almost no meat. So, but, <laughs> but I believe so fully in this. And let's talk about good, better, best scenarios here for just a moment, because some people don't live in California. First of all, the Mecca of all amazing, delicious food, um, yeah. fresh at your fingertips. And, and they live in places where it's harder to source this sort of thing. So I want to say to that group that good, better, best here looks like this. You can get coconut oil. Like I don't care where you live. You can get coconut oil. And that was on Christie's list. You can also get, um, in many, many places, butter that is produced from grass fed cows as well. So there's good, better, and best here. And you're yes. saying skip the bacon, skip the lard if you can't source it well. Is that true? No, it's not true because that leaves out uh, an area of people. So I, it's not that black and white. And I agree with you. There is, you know, there's platinum, silver, and gold levels, good, better, best. So if you do not have access, but that's what I was saying, Everyone has access because there are farms online that you can Google no matter where oh, you fantastic. live. fantastic. Like okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's available. I believe there's a farm called De La Ranch, and they. I'm pretty sure they are pretty close to doing everything pasture-raised, organic, you know, no soy, no GMO. So it, it, every farm varies, and you have to do the work by asking them. But if you go online and just type in pasture raised animals, farm delivery, you can find it and they'll deliver it to you. Even if you're out of state, people do it all the time. Okay. Okay. Christy, that is very good information to have. Yeah. Yeah. So people can still be in the best, even though if it's not local in their grocery store, it's still available there. The, uh, the good situation is, is if you're finding organic bacon or organic chicken, or organic beef or pork, whatever it is, that would be your good scenario. So your best is pasture raised and your good is going to be organic because oftentimes, and this is not to throw whole foods under the bus, but I don't really buy meats from there because they're feeding their, they're organic, no antibiotics, no growth hormones, but they feed their chicken. They use Mary's chicken. I believe it's Mary's. Yeah. And it's fed um, soy but it's organic Ugh. and corn, but that's not what the chickens eat. So I won't buy it just so you understand the difference. So when you're finding organic, 
It doesn't always mean this is perfect. This is what Chrissy said. This is pasture raised. No, it has to be labeled that way. Okay. So next on your list, I know you have avocado. Yes. I, I know you have bone broth and I know you have kombucha. Now we've talked a lot about these on the show. So before we move on past avocado and bone broth and kombucha, is there anything particular you want to add in about those before we move on? No, I do think they're pretty self-explanatory. I do think one thing, and this is about, actually, okay, two things. Kombucha. I love kombucha, but sometimes um, our nature and culture in America is when we find something, we have to overdo it and mass produce it and drive it home that this is the healthiest thing and I need to have cases and cases on hand and drink it all day, every day. Okay, it's this like is you're save- in my kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because this is going to save my life, and this is going to save my cancer, and this is going to turn my world around. And I think one of the most important things to understand is, is that this is an amazing, beneficial, healthful beverage. It's wonderful, and I love that all these companies are producing it. But I do find that with some of the kombuchas, because now it's becoming, okay, they want to reach, they hear the public, they see what we're buying, and now a lot of companies want to get in on it. Look for cane sugar in your kombucha. Yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it. So make sure you look for that. But you don't have to overdo it and drink a ton, especially if you're dealing with a candida issue, which is an overgrowth of bad fungus in the body causing arthritis mm-hmm. or bloating or digestive discomfort. You don't want to, you know, drink down 32 ounces of kombucha. So do this in, in, in moderate amounts. Okay, that's good advice and and advice that I'm not currently heeding and I kind of needed a reminder. So that's good. Okay, so so (laughs) the sugar content can be very, very sneaky on kombucha and the commercially sold bottles um, are often two servings and unless you are eagle-eyed, you don't even realize that. So you think you're getting, you know, six grams of sugar and you're getting 12. So read that label. Okay, I will link to the show we did on Candida and to the show that we did on kombucha for those who are interested. And then there are a couple other on your list that I want to dive into here. Talk to me about something I saw on your list, raw, full fat dairy. Yeah, good. Okay, so let's start with raw milk because some people might be thinking, I don't even know what raw milk is. So there is a distinct difference. You have raw milk and you have pasteurized milk. Pasteurized milk is what you're going to find in your local grocery store. It's a commercialized Uh, milk that's been processed and heated over a certain point. And I believe that milk is the same as raw food, but don't quote me, but it may be about 117 degrees. And in that process, you kill off beneficial bacteria and beneficial enzymes that help you to digest the milk in the first place. So you always hear this lactose intolerant or I can't do dairy, bloated, mucus, whatever. So the thing is, is raw dairy contains beneficial enzymes and beneficial bacteria to give to your gut to help to clean things up. So with the pasteurized dairy, you're, you miss out on what dairy has been offering us for years because they have commercially processed it. They've overdone it. Secondly, the full fat part is we have been, oh my gosh, I'm going to try and be as nice and controversial as possible, but we have been oversold on the low fricking fat, the 2%, the 1%, the skim. It's ridiculous. And it's made us partly sick. So when you're taking out this fat, you take out the vitamins A, D, 
E and K. And then you got to fortify it and put it back in. It's like, why you do that? Why all that work? And so here's what I always say to my clients that come in and they say, I can't do dairy. I'm lactose intolerant. I said, okay, let's do a true test. I want you to try some raw cream or raw milk. Try it. And if you don't have the same reaction, then you're just having aversion to pasteurized milk. And you need to get the real stuff. And so sometimes it still happens where their body just is not in a space or place to digest the dairy. So we leave it out for them. But some people find, oh my gosh, I didn't react to that. I didn't get a runny nose. I didn't get stuffy. In fact, I feel better. Okay, I have two questions here. One is, can you buy raw milk? You and I both live in the States. Can we buy raw milk here? Yes. Okay, so here's the thing. It's only legal, I believe, it in six states in America. And the east and don't quote me on that one either because there might be more that have just become legal, but there was one on the east coast that just became legal, but the stores that sell it are Sprouts, which is pretty national, I believe, right? It's not everywhere, so. but it's certainly okay. well known, yeah. Okay, so Sprouts sells it. Um, they use the company Organic Pastures. I, I met and did a talk alongside with the CEO of Organic Pastures. I love, his name is Mark, and he's awesome. And he teaches you a lot about, like, his farm, which is up in Fresno, California, and his cows and the benefits of the raw cream, the raw milk. I mean, I'm talking about the good stuff that everyone's like, ooh, I shouldn't be eating that. Well, then why is it illegal? Is it just because we are so screwed up? Okay, well, with that, I'll try, I'll try to not get in trouble. Okay. Hypothetically, <laughs> allegedly. You, allegedly, hypothetically, it is about the money. I mean, I'm such small potatoes, they probably don't care about me and what I say, but um, it is about the money. That's why. So let me to explain this. I know some, everyone is probably like, no, I know people died because they got listeria or bacteria. Right. So Well, and people what, do. Yeah, it, it, it has happened. It hasn't happened in 40 years because of the cleanliness and cleanup and, uh, you know, the, the lockdown that the health department has had. But yes, those years ago when someone, you know, 40 plus, because no one's died in 40 years, um, got sick. Yeah, they did obtain a bacteria, but it was in the farm was in filthy conditions. So it's like, so the milk company saw that decided we're going to mass produce this pasteurize and pasteurize this milk because you, with raw milk, it goes bad sooner. It, it's fresher. It goes bad sooner. Sure. It doesn't stay on the shelf as longer and mass produced it, oversold it, made us fearful because that's how you get people to line up and follow you is to scare them and create fear. And I have no problem and no fear saying to my mommies, I want you to eat lard and I want you to drink raw milk. Very important. And in fact, I want you to eat liver too. <laughs> oh my word. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know. Everyone's like, click, I'm done with this nutritionist. <laughs> so you're saying that raw and full fat milk essentially do for your gut what pasteurized milk can hurt in your gut almost. I mean, maybe I'm oversimplifying, but basically nope. it provides all these live nutrients that you actually yep. want. Yes. Yeah. You say, you're saying it exactly right. Okay. And here's the other thing that they don't tell us that I would like to share is that the only way to utilize for your body to use vitamin A and D, well, specifically vitamin A, let's just focus there. To use vitamin A is through an animal fat. It is the only way the body will convert and use vitamin A. So many vegetarians or vegans will say, no, I get it from carrots. 
And it's like, no, you don't actually. That's a precursor. There's precursor elements and nutrients in that carrot, but your body doesn't take from it and use it the way it does through raw milk, butter, lard, you know, fats, fatty animal fats, skin on the chicken, those types of things. Okay, so we know that vitamins A, D, E, and K are fat soluble, but does it, why does it have to be animal fat? Why can't it be like a spoonful of coconut oil? Because they don't carry the same amino acids. They, they don't carry the same proteins. So it's so essential that you do a blend. You can mix it. It doesn't mean that you just drink raw milk all day and eat lard and a stick of butter. I mean, it's, it's important to mix it up. You need vegetables to balance the pH in the body and give yourself fiber. That's really what you need. Okay, well, let's talk about vegetables for just a moment because okay. you you have like this magic combination that you call your superfood. So what is your green leafy on your superfoods list? Okay, so the ones that I always recommend, number one is chard. I love chard for its beauty. It's got like different colored veins going throughout the leaf. It's hearty, it's thick, and it contains vitamin K. Vitamin K is great for bone building. It's awesome for cleaning out the blood and just keeping you clean and clear. So it's a great, great vegetable to have. And I it's mild. Like you can, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. you can put that, like it cooks up if you, it takes nothing to saute it, you can saute it very gently and it's done in a hot second. Um, but also you can put chard in a smoothie or a juice and it, it's really quite mild. Yes. That's actually the one that I recommend to put into my protein shakes for my clients. Okay. Do some uh, chard. I also did a video in the superfood list. I do a video under Holistically Christy on YouTube on how to make a chard wrap sandwich. Oh, great. And okay. Well, you really know, we'll good. share that. We'll share that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Okay. So what other greens okay. would make it onto this list? Arugula and endive lettuces, they contain bitters, which are awesome. We need more bitters on our plate. And so often arugula is not a main leaf in our salad dishes. Right. So arugula contains bitters, which helps to stimulate juices from the stomach to digest. And we're, we're a constipated nation, guys. So we need bitter lettuces. We need fibrous type lettuces. You know what I found so interesting about arugula is because I always think of that as just a cold leaf lettuce to have in a salad. And it's usually an accoutrement. As you said, it's not usually the main feature, but I actually will saute it and throw it on top of spaghetti squash or under a meat or a fish for my family. And it's very, very easy again to heat that up very gently with some fat and throw it on a oh, dish. Oh yeah. Oh, very. Cause it, it'll start wilting real fast. If you okay. don't watch it, you can burn it. All right, so endive, that is not in my chiller. Talk to me about that. Okay, so what uh, endives are, are they are bitter lettuces. Okay. Uh, it's just, it, it's in the same as the arugula. They're oh, a bitter okay. lettuce and they help you to digest. What about turning our attention back to animal proteins? Talk to me about eggs. I love eggs. They're such a great, easy, versatile protein and fat. That Number one, they're protein, fat, all in one. The white part is your protein and the center yellow is your fat. And more and more people are coming around, but um, the fact of leaving out the yolk was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and this the cholesterol is again, story was a lie. Newsflash, yes, spoiler alert. Su <laughs> yeah, such a lie. So, you know, if you're someone who is, you know, um, an athlete or you work out a lot, 
Oh my gosh, three to four eggs. Go ahead and eat the whole thing. You do not need to be like, okay, I'm only going to have three egg whites and one yolk. No, eat the whole thing. That yellow has buried treasure in it. So it's so important to obtain it, eat it, and um, use it as you can do it as meals or snacks. They're great for balancing your blood sugars. I mean, seriously, guys, this is everything. Balancing blood sugars balances your life. So I'm a huge proponent of eggs. Yeah, this is my go-to, especially since I don't do great with meat, which we, you can harass me about in just a moment. <laughs> um, I'll be gentle. I'll be gentle. <laughs> because I see the next item on your list, and it's animal protein. So we'll, we're about to get there. But eggs are my absolute go-to um, because they, they have a really nice, complete amino acid profile. They're such an easy source of protein and satia satiation. And they're so easy, obviously, to cook. And then hard-boiled, there's, like, so much you can do. I mean, you can feed some somebody who's hungry very quickly with a hard boiled egg. Yes. I like to scoop out the yolks, mix them up with avocado, maybe season it, and then put it back in and call it deviled eggs. It's amazing. Ooh, I've yeah. never done that. It's so good. So good. And it's, it's as simple as I just made it sound. <laughs> that sounds good. Let's talk about animal protein. That is your superfood, animal protein? <laughs> animal protein, girl. I'm going to have you bored in this train. <laughs> <laughs> Sell us, sell us on animal protein, and, and you're not specifying. So is it, is it any, um, any mammal? Talk to me. Yes. Okay. So I am a huge advocate and proponent of animal protein. I am a T-Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex myself. Um, so the thing is, is that you don't have to eat an overabundant amount of it. In fact, enough to suffice the size of your palm is perfectly fine and pair it with more other foods and fats so you're full. So also, you know, proportioning it uh, is important too. So animal protein, which ones? I am huge about um, being pasture raised or grass fed or wild or nitrate, nitrate free, um, depending on which animal. There's yeah. different labels for different yeah, animals, for right? Sure. For sure. So I do not discriminate lamb, beef, chicken, fish, pork, but yeah, I do not discriminate. What I discriminate against is the quality of the animal. So I know many vegans and vegetarians, uh, it's a moral reason. I do not want to eat this meat because I don't like how they treat the animals. And you know what? I am right there with you. That's why I don't eat those animals either. I don't support those, those animal mill factories. Absolutely not. In fact, I've gone out to eat less in certain places mm -hmm. because it grosses me out. It, it hurts, hurts my heart, hurts my stomach anyways. But yeah, it takes um, one yes. documentary for people to never want to order meat in a restaurant again. That is the thing. But well, in, in talking good, better, best, I love that you said if you were prioritizing, you know, especially for budgetary reasons or, or limited access or whatever, that you would actually go with pasture-raised, healthy, organic meats before you went for organic vegetables and other, and other elements. Oh, yeah. And number one reason is because I don't eat a ton of fruit. I barely eat a lot of fruit because they are higher in sugar. and My body is more susceptible to a bacteria or yeast, and I just don't instigate it with a lot of fruit. So I keep my fruit super low. I think that our nation eats too much fruit. So I do keep it on the lower side with berries, raspberries, strawberries. More of my foods are coming in the animal product type foods like bone broth, right, or lard or, you know, my actual meats, my chicken, my fish, my beef. So I really do focus in there. Tell me what you would do with someone like me. I'm a complete nutcase because here's the deal. 
I don't like meat. The only meat that I like is bacon, which is hilarious to me. Like I find that deeply (laughs) ironic. So I was vegetarian for 23 years and somewhere along the way I was like, I'm never full, (laughs) like, like ever. So I dialed up the fats in my diet and that has helped enormously. So plant-based dial up the fats. I still eat too many carbs. And so I go through periods where I'll be a little over puffy for my liking just because I overdo the carbs or I'll have like way too much fruit because my body responds similarly. Um, what do you do with someone like me? Who's like, yeah, but I don't like it. What do you do with that person? So that's the first place to start is to find out is it a taste problem? Is it a religious thing? Is it a morals? Uh, or you think you're trying to be healthy? So that would be the first place to establish yeah, with you. That and makes sense. Yeah, because you can't just go off on a rant and be like, my way is the best and this is what you have to convert to. First, we have to connect and find, well, where are you at and why are you there? And then I can meet you there and we can go from there. So for you, Ella, you uh, you don't like the taste. Is that right? You've had a loss of taste for meats, correct? And I've psyched myself out completely. And part of that is just a lack of consumption. Um, but I didn't even like it as a child. Pardon me, everybody, while we, I do one-on-one consulting here with Christy. <laughs> but, but a lot of people can relate to this and they also are very aware of my journey. And so I think it's kind of interesting. But the short version is I didn't really love meat when I was growing up. Like I really didn't. Okay. But I believe that well-sourced meat is a part of a healthy diet. And I don't know, everybody doesn't need to agree with me, but I'm super interested in how you might go about converting somebody. Yeah. So, okay. So first question I have is, did your mother have a lot of digestive issues when pregnant with you or just digestive issues, period? Oh, I know I do. I don't know if she did or not. Okay. So that's okay. I just am curious because when people or young kids or adults or teenagers, wherever you're at in your life, when you have a loss of taste for meat, that is a sign that you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach to break down the meat. So the stomach sends a signal to the brain. We don't want meat anymore. We don't have enough stomach acid. We've had enough. I mean, I'm just making this up because I don't know your history, but we've had enough sugar, enough ice cream, enough juice. It has wiped out our reserves of hydrochloric acid in the stomach. So we can't digest anymore. We only have enough for this. How interesting. That's why I asked if your mom has any digestive issues because that could have been absolutely passed down to you. And generally what she was raised on, she will raise you on that same dietary lifestyle, then activate any um, genes that are being passed down with digestive problems. How interesting. And so somebody who finds himself in that situation might want to take like a betaine HCL with their meal to help them stoke that digestive fire. Is that what you would recommend? Yes, they might need to do some enzymes with it, but yes, absolutely. You're going to need some hydrochloric acid to replenish that stomach so you can digest and get the body back in line. And it might take, you, you might have to give yourself minimum a good six months, depending on where you're at, but a good six months to repair this digestive system. Okay, this post, you guys, is going to be filled with links to all kinds of resources, so you'll want to check that out. So, Chrissy, before we move off of that, are there any other tips you would have for someone who's trying to move away from a vegetarian lifestyle? Okay, yeah, absolutely. I would say start small. Start small, so you don't have to, you know, order a big filet mignon, but start small. Start with um, what 
feels like it might be a little appetizing. And just even if it doesn't sound like good, just take your first small bite, chew it really well. I mean, I'm talking make this experience last. Don't just be like, I have to hurry up and try it. Make it last, chew it. Do not drink liquids when you're doing this though. If you're going to drink liquids, do it 20 minutes before you eat and wait about 20, 30 minutes after you eat because you want to know how you respond and how you do. So leave the liquids out of it. Oh, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people don't know that when you consume liquids with your meal at the time that you're consuming other things, it can dilute that digestive fire. Yes. And hello, we're trying to get a fire, not put it out. (laughs) I want a fire in there for you. So yeah, that's one thing is keep those liquids um, out of the meal and start with something that sounds appetizing. And again, I would go with the, along the principal guidelines that I suggested, the pasture raised, so that you feel good about what you're doing and know that this animal was treated with dignity, respect, and love. That, that's super important. Well, I have heard you caution against just pure pescatarianism, which is sort of kind of me, which is a vegetarian who does consume fish. And again, no label fits me because I'm inconsistent, which is I'm completely fine with. I don't need to wave the flag. But <laughs> so tell me why you caution against just relying on fish and seafood for your animal protein, Christy. Here's the thing about today. So fish eat a lot more plastics and they have a lot more toxicity in them today. And then we consume that fish. Now I still eat fish, but it's so important to make sure that it's wild, but it's a good idea if you're open to it, to having an assortment and not just focusing in on one area because it could build up some toxicity from just that one fish that you constantly consume. It doesn't give your body a variety of vitamins, minerals, amino acids. It's not the same. Like when you eat chicken and you eat fish, you don't get the same nutrients. Just having a variety is a good idea and not just consuming fish, you know, twice a day, three times a day as your protein. So you're not cautioning against having fish at all. You're saying don't think that you're getting the complete profile if if that's your main source. If that's the only only source. It's it's pretty close to what I'm saying. Yes. It's not as that black and white, but yes, I think it's important to get a variety because like if you're eating grass fed Mm -hmm. beef, you're getting, well, you do get good omegas with fish, but you're getting good amino acids, good protein, vitamins that you may not be getting from fish. And exactly what I was saying with fish tend to be more toxic and they're a lot more farm raised. So if we're not careful, we're getting fish that are eating, you know, man-made substances at this point. Yeah, that's really, really important and something we haven't really talked about on the show, but buying farm raised fish versus wild caught fish. First of all, it's easy to buy wild caught fish. You can buy canned wild caught canned salmon at Costco for Pete's sake. Like just please read that label. Farmed fish is so full of toxins and fertilizers and pesticides and chemicals and the conditions in which they are produced are revolting. Yes, they really are. So we are running out of time. This has been fun. I want to ask you one more question. (laughs) Let's talk, let's go back to greens really quickly. You say that it's important to mix your greens. We talk about rotating the greens. We've talked about rotating your greens on the show before, but there's one green that you're not entirely in love with. What is it? Capital K-A-L-E, Mr. Kale. (laughs) 
sacrilege. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. But we, this, our nation gets trendy and they're like, ooh, kale has all these antioxidants, vitamins, minerals. We got to mass, we got to mass produce. Mm-hmm. We got to eat so much of it. Here's my thing on kale. Traditional healthy uh, cultures, or I'm talking about indigenous healthy cultures, they never ate raw kale. They only cooked it. So at this point, I never recommend to eat raw kale. I never, it's hard on the thyroid. It's hard on the digestion. I, I do not recommend raw kale. And with all my clients, they're always like, what? No raw kale. And if you're going to eat it, eat it in moderate amounts for Pete's sake and cook it. It's okay. Just saute it a little. It doesn't have to be raw off the stem and you're like gross, but I have to eat it because it's so good for me. <laughs> no. One of the things I hear people talk about with kale is that if you're going to eat it raw, you should massage it with oil, which first of all, always cracks me up. Just the word massage and kale makes me laugh. Um, But, (laughs) but it's honestly, I've done that because I cannot do straight up raw kale. I just, I I thought I, I thought I could, but I really, when I started paying attention, I realized that I couldn't. So I did make a salad where I did massage the kale. It had a better day than I did. And I massaged it in oil. It felt more gentle. Was I imagining things? No, no, you're not. Cause it's true. I've massaged kale before too, (laughs) but yeah, it does because it takes the bitterness out and it calms the, the, I don't know how you want to say it. Like the, the cow cud chew down. Yep. Well, that's one way to say it. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Okay. So good, better, best. Don't do it raw. If you do moderate amounts, and if you do massaging that kale with oil really does break it down a bit. And and frankly, it it produces a much better tasting result. Definitely. Okay. And then sauteing it is a wonderful thing to do, especially if you don't overcook it and you just saute it again in a little bit of fat. So am I, am I, are, are we on the same page? Same page. Fantastic. Chrissy, this has been fun. I had a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this, Ella. Thank you so much. I have so much homework now. I need to go look up (laughs) all the things that you shared with us, and I'm going to put link to every single one of these, and you're going to share with us the YouTube video that you mentioned, and that will be in the links as well. Chrissy, where can everybody find you? Because I know they're going to want more Chrissy. They can find me at hncnewport.com. Okay, so I'm guessing that's Holistic Nutrition Center, Newport.com. Yes, exactly. And okay. there you will see a lot of Holistically Christie's recipes, her video, her videos, my <laughs> videos. <laughs> so you'll see my videos, um, recipes. I have a, my superfoods videos with my chef uh, that I work with, Rebecca Club. She's owner of Whole Health Every Day. And we do 10 series of how to cook with lard, how to cook Uh, animal protein. There's a recipe for every single superfood. So there's 10 videos. Christy, you have no doubt raised a bunch of questions. So what I want to do is I want to invite anyone listening to send me those questions and we'll get Christy back on to answer them. Yay. That sounds so cool. I just got chills. How so exciting. (laughs) This has been fun. Christy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ella. Bye now. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.